0: I think there's some air trapped in my pipes. <laughs> uh, it'll go off in a minute, so just uh, you know, we'll talk, talk amongst ourselves. How's my how are my uh, how are my levels, Jonathan? Uh, I, one two, one two.
1: Checking. Uh, well, I don't know. Um, I've never been that professional. Uh, You can hear me though, Chuck. Yes, everything's working. um, Excellent. Just about. Uh, What's up? Hello. Hello. Good evening. Do you want to introduce us? Who are we? Uh,
0: uh, Good
1: evening. When was our last show? uh,
0: What? When was our last show? What show? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Who are you? Uh, I don't know. This is North V South, the podcast about but not about design. This is episode 82. It's been... uh, There's been a hiatus hasn't there yeah
1: you picked up something a bit too heavy
0: didn't you yeah yeah and uh, you've buggered off to France
1: yeah I just it was 20th of June was our last one was it so so it's not as long, long ago it's thought, not that long ago so
0: two months right priorities Jonathan okay what have you got oh, have you- oh. I've got a, a Worthington's White Shield You've got a can of Tizer. Whoa, very
1: fizzy beer. Uh, I'm in such a mess here. Why? Oh, because I've just got tons of stuff on my desk. I've tidied up. Um, Work or tanks? Village. 3D printed? 3D 3D printer, but um, we'll talk about that in a bit. So I've got a um, hazy border by the Porterhouse Brewing Company. Brewed and canned in Ireland. Uh uh-huh. and uh it's um it's a nice
0: name for a beer.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's like a crazy psychedelic can. Okay. Uh brought to me by my sister-in-law last night. She brought a load of beers. She'd been doing wine tasting. Yeah, she, uh, hmm. she makes TV programs about food. Yeah. So I got some of that. I don't know. It's very lively though. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and Is it very- good? Yeah, it's very, 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 very hoppy mm. to a max. The White Shield's delicious. It's uh, It's got a strong IPA. That sounds Five like point... White Shield makes it sound like it's some kind of tramp juice, doesn't it?
0: Well, either that or something you use to clean your sink. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it's good, 5.6%, so it's quite uh, meaty. Yeah.
1: So everyone's get getting in on this act, aren't they? All oh, the breweries. What? The, the IPAs. Or is it a traditional English one? It's, it's
0: an old one, uh, mm. I think. I think it's, uh, I don't know, Worthington Brewery goes back to 1744. I think it's one of the original ones. Mm. It's good. It's not an American style IPA. It's not, it's not hoppy, which is good in my book. Anyway,
1: John. let start again. Yeah, how are you? It's been ages. I haven't spoken I'm, to you for ages. I we haven't a chatted texts. for
0: a while, have we? No. Uh, I'm all right. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I've been ridiculously busy and a bit stressed with a couple of big jobs that have taken longer than they should have, um, but I'm finishing the last illustrations for those at the moment, so that's a huge relief. Um. But yeah, I'm good. I've been, I've, I've pretty much been housebound for two months working on drawings. Um, leading a very sedentary life.
1: Yeah. Isn't yeah. that
0: what you want to be doing? Well, yeah, but I think when I've got big projects on as a motorbike drives by, um, I kind of feel. Guilty doing anything else, even if I'm not doing those projects. Do you know what I mean? So it kind of stops me doing anything. It's not a very healthy um, attitude to have towards the work. But uh, yeah, I kind of feel guilty doing anything else. So I tend not to do anything else. And then I get, you know, anxious about the work and whether or not it's right and whether or not they'll like it and then stressy and things. But yeah, you know, sitting and drawing for a living is, is what I want to do. You artists. Mm. So, are you pl- pleased uh, is your is your customer pleased? Yeah, they seem delighted with everything oh, there, so there far. We go. That's all so that matters. I'll, yeah, so I did. Um, I've done forty odd illustrations for a book, which is based on the world of Philip Reeves' Mortal Engines novels. Um, and there's some other illustrators doing some work for it, including Ian McHugh. So my work's going to be in the same book as my hero, which just adds to the anxiety, really. Part of me can't wait to see the finished book, and part of me's dreading seeing the finished book. So, um, But, yeah, the client seems really happy, Um, and I've heard from the author, and he's delighted, Um, and I'm doing some other stuff for him. Um, some promotional stuff for him for another book that he's got coming out in, later in the year. So
1: that's fantastic, or what a compliment because he, he's actually was an illustrator,
0: wasn't he? Yeah, he's some of the reference stuff I got for this book were his own illustrations. Right, so it's you know just adds to the dauntingness of it. <laughs> so is, is, know, it fin- is it
1: finished now, or one more week, or I've two got, more weeks?
0: Oh no, uh, a day or two. Right. Um, I got feedback on the last illustrations yesterday. I think um, so. Just a couple of tweaks, and then inking the final, the final illustration.
1: Mm. And have you changed your style to get faster? You know, to do it in a more cheaty way because you're quite <laughs> long, long hand, aren't you? In the way that you work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I haven't, John. Right. They've They've taken a long time. <laughs> Um, far, far longer than they should have. Um, yeah, that's, that's just me being an idiot. <laughs>
1: well, you got the <laughs> word That's good. Yeah. Uh, what else has been going on? You busy with weddings and things like that?
0: Yeah, there's been, there's been a fair few weddings. I hurt my hand hanging up a big flower ball. I can't remember whether that was before or after our last podcast, but um, I think it was before. But yeah, that still hurts. So now I've I've kind of been putting off going to the the doctors about it because I thought if they'll just put my hand in one of those stiff splint brace things and I won't be able to draw anything. So, but I can't. I can barely do anything without it hurting. So I need to get that sorted out. Um, and obviously, we've we've had a heat wave since we last podcasted.
1: Yeah, nobody's was, wanted to do anything, have they? It's just been pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been away. I went to France. And then I went to the Isle of Wight and yeah, had you you, you were
0: gone for what seemed like months, John. Three weeks we were. Yeah,
1: I yeah, we had a lovely time in the Isle of Wight. What a great place it is. And where well, the weather was just insanely good. Mm. Um so yeah, I had lots of fun there. And then I've just been sort of slowly easing I had some sort of changes to make for the way I worked, um when I was away and i have come back and I've kind of you know, the more years go by, the more we become European-like in the fact that August seems to yeah. shut down quite, you know, quite a lot well, of businesses go very, very quiet. And that's good for me because it just gives me that, that that little bit of breathing space. And I'm not even feeling, you know, that usual dis- uh, freelance panic of you no know, work on because I've actually well, got, I got projects on into September, but they're just lined up one after the other. Yeah, And I think I said in the last show that I was going to uh, step away from this business being a studio, as it were, you know, where mm-hmm. you could just phone up and get anything done. Yeah. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I found myself mentally, you know, sort of starting to creep back from that a bit. And I just have to be strong. <laughs> you know, it's like standing on a diving board, isn't it? And, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, suddenly yeah. realise yeah. how far down it is. Yeah, I've spoken to a few people and um, I, I just need to have conversations with the actual clients of moving moving them on a bit. Um, but yeah, it is, it is tricky. It is tricky. But, uh, in the meantime, I've been, yeah, what have I been doing oh, since I got back? I, I bought a, uh, I bought a 3D printer, Rob.
0: Nah. Yeah. So is this, is this the beginning of, uh, what's the film? Weird Science. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing You're a bra a on 3D, my head. 3D printer, Kelly LeBrock.
1: Well, at the moment, all I all I'm doing is printing things that Kitty finds, my daughter finds on the uh, on the internet, which are mainly yeah. Ghostbusters related because she's absolutely obsessed with Ghostbusters. How cool is she obsessed <laughs> with the original? The, or it's the, the original. One? She doesn't like the new one with really? the girl. She calls it Girlbusters. Yeah. She doesn't like that one. So uh, yeah, no, she's really into that and Scooby Doo. So um, I don't know. She's obsessed with ghosts. Well, I haven't been printing an awful amount. I mean, I've done, I've printed some, um, I've printed like a tool, I've made a tool uh, holder for the actual 3D printer that right. sort of set, sits on it and holds all the tools that you need to fiddle around with it. But mainly it's just been learning it and learning what temperatures things uh, are meant to be printed at because all the different plastics are different, have different uh, needs. Uh, like heating needs and stuff.
0: So it's not particularly an automatic process. It's definitely just, not that. No, just click print.
1: No, it's definitely not. It's it's actually a really fascinating process. And the the reason that I've gone for it is one the price is ridiculous. It was two hundred. I got it for two hundred and fifty nine quid. That is incredible. Um, and it prints. This one's a little one, so it prints two hundred and twenty by two hundred and twenty by two hundred and fifty. But it's still that's still quite that's a pretty chunky, a large isn't it? area. Yeah. It's a Chinese model it's newer though so it, it's sort of it's all in one box a lot of the right. you know the self build ones come in all sorts of different bits and bobs, yeah, but I think we're at that tipping point where the prices now for most of them come down below a thousand pounds in the last year, and uh the materials are now uh, an established business in in themselves in the mm-hmm. fact that you know the 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 actual um especially if you're using what what we're using is the uh, the PLA sort of so it's like pasta that goes into the top and gets melted and just laid down um okay so it doesn't come in like a spool yeah sorry yeah it does come oh, on a spool okay. but, it, but it just unravels and and then heats right. up in a tube and gets spat out layer by layer as it builds yeah um but yeah i think we're we are at that tipping point where the software's pretty good for slicing up your 3D mm-hmm. bits and bobs I don't think it's not. It's a way off being mainstream in terms of, you know, people, you know, they say, uh, oh, well, you, everyone will have one in their kitchen printing all yeah. bits and bobs. I, I just, I can't see that happening because of the way that um, this particular way, uh, and my, my mind is emptied of what the actual type of printing is called. But I think that we'll see liquid ones in the house where you've got like a, you know, you're passing an electrical feed through a, through a liquid that forms 3D objects. Okay. Because that way you won't need to worry about heat and temperature and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But th- those are still very, very expensive. I think there's one called the Form 2, which is about three grand. <clears throat> okay. Yeah.
0: Can I ask a technical question? Yeah. So if you're building something that's kind of uh, I don't know, like a weird shape, yeah. and it has I've, – I've seen this, this – Things being printed before, and they have supports. Yeah, the kind of support. Does the software build that in? Does it mm. kind of look at what you've built and think, "Oh, it needs yeah supporting in all these places." It yeah. does, and
1: then you can change the style of the support. So yeah. essentially, all you need to do is you build a a shell in a 3D package. You don't mm. need to build the internals or anything like that. As long as you've got uh,
0: the outside shape, and then it automatically like prints the support matrix. And,
1: and yeah the the you can you can determine what kind of uh honeyco- you know honeycombing mm-hmm. interior it has whether it has any um and anything over i think it's like sixty degrees or something so an angle like that needs the support because otherwise it would be printing in in midair um yeah. but some of the new ones have two extruders on them, <clears throat> and the reason for that is not just printing two colors at once but you can print with things like dissolvable uh PLA. So one is dissolvable, one is solid. And then you don't have to have supports because you print the bits with the dissolvable, put it in water overnight oh, yeah. and it will dissolve. And you have your object. So you can print almost fully formed gearboxes and you know things like that and just dissolve That's away the
0: bits. So clever.
1: Yeah. It's cool. And they, there's loads of cool materials like you can get wood um sort of that's mixed in with it, Um, metallics, Uh, glow-in-the-dark. I think they've got a concrete one. But my interest in it is, uh, one, the technical side, because I'm sort of learning 3D. So that's been really helpful. Uh, And two, um, making little pieces of art on the 3D is because you can make moulds and then pour concrete or uh, plastics or whatever, resins, into them. That's clever. So it will actually, you know, the software actually... Calculates the mold for you out of your three D object. Mm. So yeah, so there's loads of loads of uses for it. Yeah, that's really good. It's quick. It's quite. It's quiet. And, yeah, it's fascinating.
0: Sounds fantastic. And how can you paint stuff?
1: Yes, you just spray it with uh, primer, and then you can. Uh, and that will get rid of a lot of the ridges on it because obviously mm. it does have a because it's laying down. You know, yeah, uh, it, you can see the ridges in it. Um, you can either sand that down or you can spray it with primer to get rid of it. I should look forward to seeing some Yeah, no, it's cool I'm working on a new website for a new exhibition company And I've been doing their branding, which has been good I've been building some tanks uh, That's about it, really I'm I'm about to redo my office I need to go to IKEA, dreadful um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I need a bigger workbench
0: to make stuff on Yeah yeah, I like IKEA for office yeah. stuff I think it's, it's pretty good for, for what you pay
1: yeah, I think this desktop was 25 quid. Yes, it's like a fake wooden. wooden thing. It's mad. So yeah, I'm going to have a bench on one side of the office and then get a stand-up desk, one of those ones that you can wind up because yep. um, I need to stand up more. I'm getting bad back again because I'm not running at the moment. So uh, yeah, uh, I look forward to tidying this place up, hmm. give it a lick of paint. And uh, I've got lots of plans for early press having come back from holiday. I'm trying to do two, day, two or one day of work a week on Eli Press at the moment cool. so that's been uh, I've been work, working away in the background on, on lots of little improvements I think I will be full time on that in the next couple of months
0: fantastic yep. the new Guy Wally stuff looks really nice yeah
1: he's, yeah, he's produced some amazing drawings he's it's working on some stuff. stuff isn't it uh, yeah I, it's been very popular the um, I think putting you know recognisable landscapes in a future yeah. scene much like the uh, um, Planet of the Apes it yes. just seems to capture people's imagination. Yeah. And so yeah, I think he's working on some others. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing is, yeah, I've been starting to mend. I've got a load of photographs of my granddad's from the Second World War. Uh, he was in the 8th – well, he was in the Royal Artillery, but they were attached to the 8th Army at one point. And so I've got lots and lots and lots of photos of him. And uh, there's been a whole load of colorization going on, hasn't there? Um, yes. Marino Amaral is one of the uh, leading – uh, Artist who's doing it and mm-hmm. she's just come out with a book called color of time is it or color of history yeah, yeah. it looks fantastic like, yeah. so uh so i thought i'd give it a go which yeah which is uh which is really interesting because you've got to research all of the different you know like color of the cat badges color yeah. of all that kind of stuff have
0: it's you got not, anything you can show me i'm oh no
1: i no. haven't I, that's as far as i've got i, okay. I, I gotta mend it first and mm. my, i think my mum you know when she was a kid went through all the photos with a pen and drew on them all. Yeah. <laughs> so they've got a lot of I've got a, a lot of tidying up to do. That's
0: not a bad summer you've had so far. How was your chateau, by the way?
1: Uh, yeah, it was nice. It was like a tumble down collection of you know really old buildings rather than a yeah. castle. Uh, but yeah, it was very nice. Um, I did I did nearly get trapped by the um, Tour de France though because it turned out that the Tour de France was starting uh, literally going past our campsite. Oh, and but they they turned out on the Saturday morning when we were leaving that um, they were <laughs> they were shutting all the roads along the entire coast until the two p.m. <laughs> we had a ferry at four, and it was about yeah. we had a five-hour drive. So um, yeah, that was exciting. I was driving. I was herring along the road trying to get through roadblocks with gendarmes and all sorts. Blimey! But we managed to sneak through in the end. Good work. Yeah. <laughs> I saw all the teams and everything coming towards they've got so many bikes it's ridiculous yeah. it's strange the French were all sitting out waiting for it to happen and it was like this was at 9 o'clock in the morning and they yeah. weren't coming back past till 2
0: yeah I, I watched a lot of it um, I like I like watching the Tour de France yeah Um.
1: so where it started Noir, Noir Moutier is, is was is was really near where we were I, I hope that's a beer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we've uh, we haven't even spoken about the show. Yeah, we're not gonna we, we don't have any topic today. Uh, we've just got a load of news.
0: Do you know what? though? I, I find it, it weird. You know, it's been what two months since our last episode, and I find I'm constantly adding stuff to Pocket, which is kind of my read later app. And then when I look on Pocket, there's bugger all there. Now I don't know if it doesn't always add stuff, or whether I'm just massively overestimating what I'm saving. <laughs> I th- I thought going through it today to make the notes for the the podcast. I thought oh, I gotta take me ages to rifle through all these things that I've saved that I saw on Twitter and thought were interesting. And you know, I, I look and there's about fifteen things in two months. I, I don't know. Maybe I've been hallucinating, saving things to to pocket. Maybe you've just been busy. Well, there is that. So news, Rob uh, Studio Ghibli, which I've always pronounced Ghibli. Yeah, me too. Apparently it's not. Mm. Apparently it's soft G. There's a Studio Ghibli season on Film 4. People are telling you to say GIF. GIF.
1: What, they're playing all the films?
0: Yep. On Film 4 at the minute, there's only there's two weeks left. So I think they're repeating lots of them. So, Right. You'd better catch up if you've missed any. Yeah, so it's fantastic because you can't stream any. You can't buy any of the films digitally. Um, they're only available on dvd or blu-ray so they're kind of hard to to watch if you you know if you if you're not a dvd or blu-ray buyer um so it's fab so i've i've been sky plusing them um lots of that i've not heard of um plus kind of all the classic ones so i'm gonna have a once this project's finished i'm gonna have a studio ghibli um marathon
1: I yeah I, I didn't know that um, there was one on so I've missed yeah. every single one so far yeah
0: but there's still two weeks so I think you'll, you'll probably see most of them still right um, and I'll I will uh, append that piece of news um, and to go with that studio ghibli season on film four there is a podcast uh, called ghibliotech uh, and it's by Michael leader and Jake Cunningham uh, and I think I th- I think they are. You know, it's been produced by Film Four. Uh, one of these guys is a, an absolute fanatic, and one of them had never seen any Ghibli <laughs> films, or had never finished watching any of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've only listened to the first couple of episodes, but it's good. They're nice. They're nice, knowledgeable guys, and it's. quite like a film podcast. Really, uh, you know, they're digging in behind the scenes and about uh, kind of its cultural relevance in Japan and how it how Ghibli kind of took on the world. So it's nice to have something to to listen to in between watching the films. Yeah. So that's Ghibliotech. You can get that on aircast.com and probably all other podcast uh, outlets. Yeah. That so ends my Studio Ghibli news.
1: I'll, I'll stick on comics then. So um, there is an unprecedented uh, thing has happened that the... Um,
0: is this about the Booker Prize?
1: Yes. Was it? I, I think I might have the it wrong It is unprecedented. Person. Is um, Nick Drunasso, is that the chap? Here? Yes. Yes? Is he yeah. been nominated for the Booker Prize? I think uh, it's he's that He's on one, the yeah. long list, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Chris Ware article in the guardian in june early june uh, was yeah. just saying how fantastic this novel was but i think subsequently he's been nominated as for one of the long reads of the um the booker prize and it's actually the first ever graphic novel that's been or um illustrated novel that's been entered into that competition yes. which is is it really great and also really surprising in another way but um I just think the british culture that doesn't embrace uh, it still sees graphic novels as comics or you know it does comics as silly things that are ephemeral and not part of the uh, of yeah i guess in sort of, culture in, in sort
0: of france and belgium and japan comics and graphic novels are uh, held on a kind of a much higher pedestal aren't they than they are in the uk
1: yeah, so he definitely the, the the kind of storytelling and the and the comic style is very much in a chrisware form. It's um, mm. it's very heavy line, um, and about relationships and moods. And so yeah, I, I look forward to reading that.
0: Uh, I've got two Lego based bits of uh, news. One which I tweeted. I don't think I mentioned on the last podcast. Uh, it's called Bit Planner. And it is a wall mounted time and resource planner uh, and the the kind of basis of it is you know the Lego kind of base sheets you get just with little dots yeah it's one of those that goes on your wall right and um, the planner itself you know the kind of you know the little two by two square bricks color coded you pop them on the planner, stick them on the thing. Uh, but then you photograph it, and it synchronizes to an online digital calendar. And I just think it looks just sublime. You know, it's so cool to have in a design studio. It just looks bloody brilliant. Um, but looking at the website now, so I first looked at this a few weeks ago, and I'm sure there was stuff about kind of it happening and kind of, you know, or a, kick, a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe now there's nothing actually about the product right you know there's no details on there all about when it might happen how you can get hold of it how much it is anything so that's a bit disappointing that it might just be a, a vague idea that hasn't actually been <clears throat> do you think they've had a, a, a call, call
1: from, uh, or from Lego. lego's legal team <laughs> As it says at the bottom, uh, yeah, it's, we it does not sponsor, authorize, or endorse this website. Yeah,
0: but I wonder how you—they're not infringing on any copyright. They? They're just using the Lego for something different. It's a weird one. Yeah, I guess if they're
1: reselling it, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, it is. I it 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 looks beautiful. It's one of those things that is entirely impractical. Um, and <laughs> the fact that you've got blocks on a wall and you have no idea. What they're meant to do. You're such a spoil sport. I child. know, but it's like the, uh, you know, it's like a watch with no hands on it.
0: <laughs> yes, or a watch made entirely of marble. <laughs> what was that thing called? I don't know. Wang. I don't know. It was bloody. <laughs> it was bloody awful. Uh, <clears throat> and the other Lego-based piece of news I've got, I don't think this is new, but I've had it in my feed for a while. Uh, it's uh, people do amazing things with Lego. And I've noticed more and more that people create incredible spaceships out of Lego. Really cool sci-fi stuff. And I came across this one, and it's a spaceship called The Mischief. It's incredible. It's a big orange block of a spaceship, like a big kind of long rectangle. Um, But it all opens up. So there are compartments in it for... Cargo and there's there's a little um, kind of cockpit bit and there's crew quarters and everything kind of opens and hinges and it's beautiful. There's a little kind of dropship shuttle that pops out of its belly, and of course it's orange. Uh, And I couldn't resist. It's just bloody marvelous, and it really makes me want to buy shed loads of Lego and create some spaceships. Mm, It's very shiny. Has it been? Has he? Glossed it or something? No, it's made the, out of those the, little plastic tiles, oh, shiny
1: bits. Yeah, wow! I can't, I can't wait to see it opening. Where is it? It's amazing. So, and um, what is this
0: in America? Is it like a? I think it's like a, yeah, like a Lego sure.
1: It's awesome.
0: Um, but uh, there was some, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, on uh, an illustrator I follow, or a concept designer on Twitter, and he started making tiny little. Uh, kind of like mecha robots yeah. out of Lego. God, they're so cool! They're really nice, quite small, so not made out of you know masses and masses of pieces. They probably stand three or four inches tall. But I think that's kind of the cleverness of the way he builds them. You know, not being made out of loads of pieces. Yeah, it's,
1: re- it's really hard to make models in, yeah. in very few pieces. Really it? nice stuff. Yeah, there's a game. There's a there's a Lego uh, like Pictionary game called Creationary. Um, oh, is it? Yeah, and that's quite good fun because you, you've got to make the piece resemble whatever the word is on the card yeah. as quickly as possible. Guy who built that, do you think he's has a relationship? <laughs> Possibly not. <laughs> is it, yeah, he's spent a lot of time doing that, hasn't he? Yes. Well, Design News our favorite uh, place to go and see uh, or not see British design in in the in the wild uh, the design museum uh, got into lots of trouble um about a month ago where they had um allowed a um an arms fair uh, organizers to have a show at their um, at the design museum. Ah. Little did they know that their um signatories and uh other exhibitors art graphic artists and organizations would would have a um uh an opinion about <laughs> they've got arms dealers in there um but mm. jonathan barnbrook um has withdrawn i think he withdrew his art uh quite a few of them said that they can you you withdraw no longer have permission uh i don't know what's happened after recently because i was away but they um yeah can please confirm that our work will be taken down by August the 1st as our I don't know now if begun. you can
0: can you can you do that can you tell a museum I mean if this you know if it's a kind of a public piece if it's
1: packaging or mm, I guess it's just a, a public thing yeah you know sort of a bit of a PR thing really isn't it but um yeah yeah pretty pretty short sighted by the design museum
0: it's similar to the the stuff that like the natural history museum had sponsorship from BP didn't it Mm. For some big events, um, which doesn't really gel particularly well with uh, its environmental credentials. You would think that most museums would have a, a decent sort of ethical manifesto, wouldn't you? When it comes to who they accept money from, or am I just being naive?
1: These these organisations have got to uh, have got to make money, and I guess that sometimes their events team wouldn't be speaking to their you know marketing team or whatever Yeah, I mean, this, just was private,
0: this was just a private event wasn't it it's not a an endorsed know, but exhibition the, but or when thing.
1: they're running a show at the same time that is exploring the role that graphic design and technology has played in political change yeah then then you do you know you are the the millstone is grinding quite hard <laughs> against, against itself isn't it so i mean i i think that um yeah it was pretty pretty unthinking of design museum yeah. but it kind of like i wasn't surprised no absolutely not did you even know there was a political thing there campaign going on oh, not campaign like exhibition show about nope to hope nope hope to yes hope.
0: i had seen something of it but i'll be honest a lot of the design museum stuff are, you know gets the the most cursory of glances mm. since we went i'm still bitter to be honest john about the bloody ties <laughs>
1: Oh the, no! Here we go. So the Design Museum has returned work to artists. What? Shepherd uh, Shepherd Fairy.
0: You'd have thought an apology and a and a commitment that they'd never do that sort of thing again would, would have avoided having to return stuff, wouldn't you?
1: Hmm. You
0: and call it an oversight. But no, uh, it's almost like they're saying, "Well, we we still plan to accept money from arms dealers." <laughs> so here's your pictures back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what else you got, John? Uh, another design one. Uh, there's been um,
0: two design things. Yeah, uh,
1: there's an article in. I think it was Creative Review recently. They've got an agony on Anna Hicks, who <laughs> writes uh, articles, sort of giving people advice uh, when they write write in. And this one was about the the dilemma of of a junior designer making a job up, uh, making a jump up to a more senior role. When do you call yourself a uh, press ads are always full of like, we're looking for a middleweight uh, designer mm-hmm. or a uh, heavyweight design. Uh, what <laughs> is that? And what does that mean? And where does that bracket? Um, yeah. And it is just a load of old nonsense, isn't it? Where, it is, it's I, mean, I, guess, I guess jobs have to. putting stuff. Yeah, because it automatically grades that particular job. Um I mean normally let's ignore the fact that most job applications need the best designers in the world for every single position that was ever filled.
0: What well, they need are rock star designers.
1: Yeah, oh I yeah, guess. that's that's the new level, isn't it? Yeah, um, rock star. Is that a bluff heavyweight? <laughs> I don't know. Do you know any rock stars? No. I do I not. I mean but then you it's that sort of perception that design and designers give themselves. But you spend most of your day in a studio and it's just the same as anywhere, any yeah. other job, isn't it? It's not like you're not playing pinball all day.
0: Well, it's, it's, the thing is, it's a weird thing anyway because I've never worked in a studio where anyone has been categorised as a middleweight or a heavyweight designer. You're either a junior designer or a senior designer or you know, then you kind of move up into design management. So it's like you're applying for a job as a middleweight designer, but then your job title is not going to be that it's, it's very specific to recruitment
1: yeah yeah cuz mostly you're just plugging a hole in a in a studio aren't you you know you yeah. are we Absolutely. somebody they, there's that need for it they're not going to be adding on a huge or generally that you know a studio is not going to be adding on a whole new type of business it's just going to be no. plugging the hole of either somebody's left or they need more capacity yeah and that's it, but you're not like yeah it's it's a it's a really strange word to use anyway it's a good, it's a good article if you can log into the uh, creative review yeah which,
0: I obviously can't see any of
1: it, which of course i can uh i you know I told you that they um they gave me six months um yes. subscription to say so well what they did is they they're running that concurrently as my at <laughs> the same time as my paid one, so I'm getting two two copies of creative review every month <laughs>
0: <laughs> can you, so, but are you logging in now? So yes, to I look can. at. But is it your six-month free one that you're logging in at? I when that finishes, are you still going to be able to log in? For uh, the one that you're paying for. Oh, don't don't say that. <laughs> <I just laughs> plant that little uh,
1: seed. <laughs> no, it's got. It's in my thing. It's got. You'll two, have to speak to Patrick again. I bet you
0: what it will do is it will renew at the end, and I'll pay.
1: I'll get four a month. <laughs> um.
0: yeah. Uh, Marvelous. There's a book I want, which has got nothing to do with design, but I want it. What is it? Uh, England, the biography. Right. By Simon Wilde. And it's the story of English cricket. Ah. Uh, and it's. Uh, have you been listening? Have you yeah. listened to any of the cricket this summer? Yes. It's been. Simon Wilde's been interviewed quite a bit. And uh, lots of people have been talking about it. And it's, it's all the way from whenever it was, 1882 to the present day. Right. Um,
1: Is it a novel about, or like a. No,
0: it's uh, facts. Pictures I and photographs? I, yes. I couldn't work out what the other wor- word as opposed to fiction was, but it's fact, isn't it? Um, uh But, I, yeah, I would love cricket, and I love the history of cricket. For people who aren't into cricket, of uh, perhaps people who aren't British, who don't really understand what cricket is, it's, I think it's very difficult to understand the, the kind of richness of the history of it. Americans should really get cricket better than they do, because... Baseball is all about stats and records, isn't it? Which is very similar to cricket. Um and all other team sports, the the kind of crucial moments are one versus one. But um not many Americans seem to get it. Uh but yes, it's a book I want. So that's on my wish list. Mm. England the biography. By Simon Wilde.
1: Uh here's a here's a stupid idea, I think. Um it's called Serial Box. Have you heard right. of Serial
0: Box? Not uh, unless it's something conflicts come
1: in. It's the marketing it probably that annoys me more than anything, but it's like reading redefined. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> because obviously, you know, reading's defunct now. Basically, what this business is doing is taking classic fiction and serialising it.
0: So then, classic as in out of copyright? Yeah,
1: probably. Yeah. Um, and then... Um sending and then you you get every week you get a new episode which you can either read or listen to wow well, um so but surely <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, well, uh, but yeah, it's just like it's a book, just read the chuffing book
0: no it's uh, just a a chapter at a time, yeah, what if you want to listen to more i'm just looking at the books that it kind of has oh, i' hardly got any. Um, the Woman in White. Yeah. And then five that I've never heard of.
1: What I don't know is whether they are, you know, dra- dramatized or whether they are just literally read by a single actor. I don't get it. What? When did we become so lazy that we can't either listen to an audiobook and stop it when you want to stop it yeah. or read the actual book? Because the book is, it, it, you know, as a piece of design, it's the ultimate like thing you can dip into and out of. It never Absolutely. runs out of batteries. It never goes anywhere. You can take it anywhere you like and read
0: it. You just imagine this is thought up by two blokes, probably, and they just thought you know they had one of those moments where they thought this was the best idea in the world, and no one's had the the balls to tell them that it's a terrible. So strange. There aren't that many available either. If you click on see all serials. Yeah. Like no, it's a, no, it's a, um, only one of whom one of which I've heard of.
1: Yeah. Um I don't I don't get it. Uh, even the name, the name doesn't make any a serial box. It doesn't make any any, no. any sense to me whatsoever. Anyway, wish you all the luck. <laughs> goodbye.
0: <laughs> that <laughs> is yeah. really weird. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean that's the ultimate in laziness, isn't it? Going to uh, something that is really good um, is the BBC have released their computer history archive. Um, uh, It's the the most convoluted web address ever, um, (laughs) which is computer literacy projects.pilots.bbcconnectedstudio.co.uk forward slash Beeb. Uh, Go to their website, just look it up. It's absolutely fantastic. It follows the, it's sort of studying the history of the 1980, early 1980s, um tv series that aimed to uh, bring programming skills oh, okay. to uh, young kids and it yeah. and it spawned you know the entire gaming industry basically mm. you know you could probably track it down apart from the stream of um, american and japanese kids but you know britain by the mid 80s ruled ruled the waves with, uh, yeah. with with computer game programming and this is where it all stems from the, this series and the bbc micro that was supposed to be released at the same time. Uh and the the fact that there's a new BBC I think it's called microbit isn't it a uh, computer uh, out now and that uh, similarly they're trying to
0: push kids back into know, programming like, is that like the raspberry pi type <clears throat> Is exactly that yeah. I think what's it's the like the Raspberry out Pi out 4. Yeah, what's the other one that's out that you can use Arduino do Arduino yeah.
1: Yeah. Um but yeah so that that's um that's a really fascinating uh like rabbit hole for, for anybody who wants to find out and watch some really really classic looking uh like geeky men teaching computer yeah.
0: programming Got to have a look at that yeah the last thing that i came across just recently uh on twitter was a video on vimeo.com and it's called the papermaker and it's a, a film about one of the last handcrafting paper makers in Europe, a uh, German chap whose name I can't remember. Um, but it's it's just one of those kind of beautiful, sort of. It's, it's like a, a cuddle um, watching this man go about his craft. Uh, and he makes, which, which kind of surprised me a bit, he makes all this paper not from wood. So there's no wood pulp. Hey. So it's all. Cotton or rags, or he does use recycled paper, he uses old maps and old banknotes that have been shredded, which is incredible.
1: Well, you know, all your art prints that go out are cotton,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I just kind of assume that the majority of papers are wood based, don't you? But yeah, I know for art prints it's all acid free cotton, isn't it? Um, yeah, but it's a beautiful thing. So if you search for the paper maker on Vimeo,
1: jolly good um let's talk about something that made you cross let's talk about um or not cross, but disappointed yeah. and i I tend to agree with you i don't think I'd want this. I think it was the same as the mini i didn't like the the mini cooper they didn't get right It uh, just mm. doesn't suit it, but Lego creator, which is the kind of um uh, their sort of kickstarter type um affair uh where if you get enough votes, it gets built, is the james bond aston martin d b five from some kind of film. Which film's <laughs> it in? Uh, uh, it's in a few of them, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's even in
0: one of the most recent Thunder- ones.
1: Thunderball. Was Thunderball, Goldfinger, probably. You can get it in uh, in Lego form. It's 150-odd quid. It doesn't look like a DB5. It doesn't.
0: It really doesn't. It looks. The back end of it looks like a Citroen. <laughs> the front looks like a sort of MG. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apart from the radiator grill, there's there's really no bit of it that looks like an Aston Martin.
1: no. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I, it just yeah, it doesn't look right. Um, but the uh, I, I, it's got an ejector seat. Well,
0: yeah, there are some lovely, lovely details. The ejector seat is very cool. Um, little things like the, the engine compartment just looks amazing. Um, so uh, there's some beautiful details, but overall, it just does not look like an Aston Martin. But yeah, if Weird. you've
1: got a, um, someone who loves Bond or cars in your life, then that's a good little present. But there's a better Lego set that um, Kitty uh, has been banging on about, but it's like it's nearly 300 quid, and that is actually the eight, uh, Ghostbusters HQ. It's, okay. it's a monster. It's a monster That is very box. cool. Um, and uh, it's got absolutely everything in it. Um, it's, it looks brilliant.
0: I was about um, to say the same, but about the Hogwarts Castle. Have you yes, seen that? Yes, that, that's, that's,
1: that's in micro... Um they just released one that's in micro lego. Oh, have they? Yeah, so it's um it, it's it's micro lego figures which are these kind of really odd little single right. single uh one square wide oh. figures. So I think it's the same kind of lego but um it just yeah. means that they can get away with less pieces. Yeah. Yeah, they just re- they've just re-released all
0: of the Harry Potter stuff. Yeah, some fab stuff. Not the Aston Martin.
1: No, it's a shame. I, I totally agree with you there.
0: But there's one thing we should talk about because I found it fascinating and it's on your list, is that the heatwave has uh, yeah. uh, unveiled lots of ancient landscapes, which has just been – I, I kind of knew this happened, but it's the heatwave in Britain has been so widespread, and I guess across a lot of Europe has been so widespread. I saw someone from English Heritage, I think, or um, – Historic Britain talking, they've discovered over 700 new archaeological sites. And this is because when the earth gets parched, it reveals these kind of hidden shapes in the earth that that are where kind of ancient buildings or burial grounds are, and you can't normally see them because of kind of crops. But uh, they get revealed in dry weather, and it's just fantastic. Some of the the things they've kind of uncovered are so detailed. You know, it's like it's just like a blueprint of of ancient buildings, aren't they?
1: Yeah, it's incredible. It really, really is fantastic. I mean, the weather... And now and, it's
0: rained in the last few days. A lot of them have already disappeared. Have they?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I guess also the fact that they weren't seen 30, 40 years ago was the fact that you didn't have aeroplanes. Um, yeah, and drones. And drones and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Flying so, so much. So, um yeah, no, it is, it is fascinating, and it's it's wonderful living in a in a country that is so stacked in layers of ar- mm. you know archaeology. It is it is insane, isn't it? Yeah, uh, you think just down the road here was um, what they think was the centre of um, Roman industrial endeavour. Uh, it was like you know sort of the Birmingham of really? Britain, and uh, it's now just you know farmland. And nothing to see crazy <laughs> it's just incredible
0: have you ever been tempted to to get a metal detector <sighs> no <You>
1: sure <laughs> there's plenty of them around here yes people around here
0: yeah uh, do we have websites of the week
1: um or- well there's a funny app that made me laugh which is uh, called we croak it's an app uh, it's 99p and uh, it says find happiness by contemplating your mortality and uh, every day they find, they send you five invitations at randomised times to stop and think about death. And it just, <laughs> <laughs> so it just sends you a message and says things like, um, it is still beautiful to hear the heartbeat, but often the shadow seems more real than the body. Wow. Uh, Sounds like a Japanese haiku. It's like something out of headspace. Uh, he who is not every day conquering some fear has not learned
0: the secret of life. Oh. Yeah. So well, Weirdly, my website of the week uh, isn't entirely dissimilar uh, because it's um, it's these cards called resilience cards and it's a set of double-sided cards and they have like a kind of like a, a that's of them? Life? Yes all ah, right, right yeah Reminders for Resilience on one side and a, a picture on the mm-hmm. other side and it's things like 3am uh, alone in bed is perhaps not the optimal moment at which to derive a true picture of reality which, you know, is kind of the sort of stuff you'd see on an inspirational poster. But actually, it's, you know, at its core, there's a bit of wisdom there. It's um, just kind of weird that we've both picked uh, those kind of things. We're getting old, Rob, thinking well, about Well, that'll be it. Contemplating our mortality and failures. <laughs> uh, so that must bring us, John. Yes.
1: To pies. Yes, it's been a while. Let's uh, it. I had a pie out uh, from the freezer, from the depths of our freezer, last week, but... um we cancelled at the last minute and uh so i had to throw it away so today Mm. today can i shall i start yes please i have got a pork pie a cold pie and it is from aldi okay an aldi hand crimped melton mowbray pork pie uh it's not a small one it's a you know well it's a fairly Mm -hmm. it's a fairly hefty one it's got some great jelly on it oh Um, good and uh meat looks, looks well spiced and very crisp pastry when I cut it mm. 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 <laughs> that's good a, yeah, an
0: excellent pork pie from Audi. are you are you eating that naked or does have you got condiments?
1: No, I haven't got condiments. I'm risking a baby very well.
0: I've, got an, get, uh... I've, I've got another beer.
1: Um, okay. But it's absolutely revolting. This was another one that my... It's not one of those sour ones, is it? No, uh, it's, it's called Jubel, and it's beer cut with peach. Uh, and, and get out my beer peach. I'm not a fan of fruit beers.
0: Uh, my pie is a chicken and wild mushroom pie mm. from Armstrong's Butchers in St. Margaret's. Um, popped in there today and found a couple of pies that I haven't had before. Uh and, um, nice shortcrust pastry. Mm. It's good. I do not get any mushroom in that bite. But nice, nice and moist. Quite a lot of tarragon. It's never a bad thing in a chicken pie. I'm just going to get seven and a half.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm going to give mine a seven. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a gentle ease back into,
0: uh, It was. Podcasting. A comfortable, it was like a slipper of a podcast.
1: Oh, you forgot to say one thing. What were you, you were saying, you uh, a tutorial. You're working on a tutorial. We didn't.
0: Oh, you're oh, not yeah. allowed to talk about that. No, I can. Yeah. Well, I think. Well, I don't know. I've done it. A Beginner's uh, guide
1: to drawing sci-fi.
0: Yeah, it's, How, a, you it's do actually that? it's actually a much longer title than that. It's a beginner's guide to drawing. Uh, like spaceships, environments, habitat. I don't know. There's a lot. As uh, so for 3D Turtle publishing. Uh, who produce 3D Total Magazine and 2D Illustration and loads of magazines, Graphite Magazine, which I've done a tutorial for before. And they produce this Sketching from the Imagination series of books, which I've had some of my work in as well. Um, so they contacted me to do uh, a tutorial for an isometric kind of concept of a sci-fi habitat Um which is much more difficult than I thought it was going to be to begin with, because they wanted really specific steps um, in it. And I don't really work in that way, so I kind of had to reverse engineer how I draw in order to kind of fill in all these steps. Um, but I quite like the way it all turned out. And they seem very happy with it. Um, but that won't be out until February.
1: Oh, right, wow. Hmm. They, they, they're working in a lot. Long time in advance.
0: Yeah, well, they have a lot of stuff going on. They're, you know, they've, you know, they're producing books constantly. They work with um, some specific artists doing kind of Kickstarter stuff. Um, Lois van Baal, who oh, Lois van Baal, I think, is a Dutch illustrator, has done a couple of books with them that they've done through Kickstarter, and yeah, so they knock out some really, really good stuff.
1: We're going to put our heads together and come up with some um, subjects for discussion. If you've got anything that you would like to hear us flap over and uh, ruminate about, then drop us a line on uh, Twitter. We are North underscore V underscore South. Is that right?
0: It is, Jonathan.
1: (laughs) And I have no idea what the others are, but you'll find it all there. Yep. Um, Yeah. So until next week, people, farewell
0: have a good weekend cheerio folks and uh, John it was a delight doing opposite turns once more you too au revoir bye bye